Today on the Almond Journey podcast. You've got to be grounded with the day-to-day, but also be looking ahead to try to make sure your plans align to what's coming. The deeper you can get within your supply partners and business partners is so key. Planning in uncertain times with Grow West's Lucas Schmidt. Welcome back to the Almond Journey podcast brought to you by the Almond Board of California. On the show, we discover how growers, handlers, and other stakeholders are making things work in their operations to drive the almond industry forward. I'm your host, Tim Hamrich, and I get to travel up and down the valley, virtually in most cases, to feature these leaders who are finding innovative ways to improve their operations, connect with their local communities, and advance the almond industry. Today, we head north to Woodland, California, where we'll visit with Lucas Schmidt, who's the vice president and chief operating officer of Grow West. The ag service company started with one location in the Delta back in the 1950s and has since grown to 18 locations from Modesto all the way up to the Oregon border. Their primary business is still serving farmers as an independent ag retailer, but they also offer services that range from trucking to food safety to irrigation and beyond. Uh, Lucas is part of the leadership team of the 330-person company and says his day-to-day work is focused on the team and on the customers that they serve. Oh, and he is also a graduate of the Almond Leadership Program and had a really interesting product, making almond beer, which we talk about late in today's episode, so stay tuned for that. A self-proclaimed Midwest kid who fell in love with Western agriculture when he was first relocated to the Pacific Northwest with Dow AgriSciences early in his career, he's now in his fifth year with Grow West. Lucas today reflects on some of the challenges that the industry has faced in recent years, from supply chain disruptions to interest rate hikes to inflation. He says this underscores the need for planning, budgeting, and really knowing the people you rely on to do business. You look at the size and scale of almonds and where it's grown and you add the sustainability piece and water and just freedom to operate in the state. There's a lot that goes into decisions today and, you know, agronomy is one of them, but uh, also logistics, you know, the quality trying to react and show up well to the consumer. So all those facets we're involved in, uh, we have some people that play in every, every piece of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you uh, you wrote a piece on planning and, you know, planning and budgeting is one of those things where I think when a lot of people hear the word, they think, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, we're, we're supposed to plan. We're supposed to budget. But specifically kind of during some of the tumultuous times that the industry has experienced. Could you just talk about that? I'd like to just kind of go into that thought piece uh, a little bit and, and maybe just share what from that do you hope the industry kind of internalizes? Yes. No, that's a great question. You know, I think sometimes and, you know, the whole planning and forecasting one it's very clear we can't do it enough and think ahead enough in in my opinion you've got to be grounded with the day-to-day but also be looking ahead to try to make sure your plans align to what's coming and then quite honestly and and we're far from perfect at it but what we try to do is you know get the ideas vet the ideas build the plan and then make sure you're agile enough to adjust if needed because we are at the end of the day, you know, dealing with mother nature and weather dynamics and agriculture. And so, you know, it, it's very important that you're able to deal with facts, but also adjust when appropriate. And, and like I said, it's it's not easy whatsoever to deal with. So, yeah, I uh, I was 
listening to another podcast and they were talking about uncertainty and about how people say like, oh, it feels like we're in a time of, of more uncertainty than ever. Times are more uncertain than ever. And I've said that, I, you know, I've thought that a lot. But the point that he was making was like, there's no time where the future is certain. Like, you know, we never know where the future is going. It, it may feel like more uncertainty if things aren't going the way we want them to, but it's never certain. And I, I wonder how, how do you think about planning and forecasting in a time where it feels like, shoot, anything could happen. We have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah, I think the last several years really challenged all of us. You know, we were no matter what industry or what segment of the business you're in, it really exposed the we were going through a time of just in time inventory, Tim, on everything. And quite honestly, it was working and there wasn't a huge expansion in assets. It's just we're dealing with a global supply, um, no matter what industry you're in, you throw in you know, the logistics pieces, some of the change that clearly is happening in, in other countries and here, you add it all together. And the last couple of years really exposed some flaws there that, wow, we weren't ready for that. And so I think it really plays into the planning thing. Quite honestly, it uh, the silver lining and some of that stuff has some serious staying power as far as just making sure what did we learn through that process? Obviously, it was painful for you know, a lot of folks, but the silver lining in it for me, you know, a couple different things. Communication's key. I think it forced all of us, no matter if you were a producer or a service company like ours or an import export, the communication, it forced us all to have better discussions. And quite honestly, the other side of it, which is very intriguing to me, is it did force us to evaluate who we're doing business with and why. And so, I think that also is healthy on, are you partnered with the right people? Can you rely on them? Do you know their business? Do they know your business well? And because there was times where, you know, you really had to forecast plan. You couldn't be everything to everyone during those times. And quite honestly, it's still a relationship business in a lot of the facets of, of the market. This may be a dumb question, but I get the freedom of asking dumb questions because I get to be the one to edit them out when they're really dumb. Um, what advice would you have to someone who's thinking, okay, I don't know how well I know my business partners or the people I do business with. What are some ways that I should be assessing how well I know the people I rely on for what it is I do? Is there is there a way to assess that and a way to improve on that? Yeah. So um, definitely not easy. It takes some time and commitment. The way I like doing it is is setting up meeting and going seeing operations and their people because you can you can assess a lot seeing them in their element. Granted, you can't do that all the time if you're dealing with international partners or whatever, right? But it is so key. And I think it's something that gets missed a lot is in the good times, you may not see the need because things are good, right? If there's challenges, do you know enough to be able to plan around either get an additional partner or you know that they've got your back? So quite honestly, I, I think there's still some role for people doing business with people, Tim, and it could be just like we're doing, it could be the Zoom piece or a Teams piece or follow-up, but the deeper you can get within your supply partners and business partners is so key. Yeah, because... I mean, there's so many stories, what we went through the last two to three years, and a lot of assumptions were being made. And then they found out that is not going to take place. And they didn't have the information to, to be able to react to him. And so, yeah, can't say that enough. 
And for us is, you know, we even joke, it's like, well, let's go call on a customer. Let's go see what they're seeing. And, you know, we're blessed to have a lot of good people just like, I mean, the industry is full of them, but it's amazing going out with a customer and seeing what they're facing is so key. Are there any examples you can share of like when the lack of planning has really really showed itself and the importance of planning has really showed anything either from from your all's experience or, or something you've heard from from a customer obviously we want to be sensitive to anybody's personal information but uh any just general examples you can share yeah I, you know and i'll reference some of the supply disruptions that we all face during covid and it could even be port if you're uh trying to ship out almonds or yeah there's there were several examples where like jugs um looking at the crop protection side or if it's a tariff impact that's going to impact fertilizer in the port of Stockton, for example, you know, we saw definitely through the last couple of years that we relied on more rail shipments than we have in the past. Well, that's something you can't react to overnight, right? Either you've got rail siding and capabilities or not. You know, the smallest example is, you know, there was product forecasted line time was scheduled and they didn't have lids for the jugs tim so everything was done right until they didn't diversify their you know caps they were coming over from china etc another example that we all take for granted a little bit is just you know cardboard boxes there was some major supply chain tightness or shortage around cardboard that they had to adjust pretty rapidly into an inferior box and once again, they had their active ingredient or product, whatever it was, had their container, their line time, but couldn't get uh, boxes. So living in a just-in-time environment, which we were all blessed to participate in, it got caught. When it's go time in agriculture based on crop development, the timing, mother nature, you have to go to your second option or third. And so that was another key learning is just have your plan a but make sure you got plan b and plan c yeah and i i don't know if this is still happening but i remember hearing kind of in the height of the supply chain issues you know people sort of stocking up and i i wonder like how do you balance the need to plan and to be conservative in your planning with you know the very real financial aspect of, of cash flow and profitability from from kind of loading up um you know i'm sure that's in your business something you're constantly uh trying to assess is like what's a What's overdoing it in terms of money spent versus uh, planning and being safe? Yeah, that's that's a great one because we are transitioning a little bit through the supply disruptions and I'll call it COVID time. In part of that silver lining of having better discussions and planning, we went into that with pretty good information we could act on, Tim. We were blessed to actually get out in front of a lot of it. But if you have stuff that you actual good information to act on, that's a beautiful thing. We are getting when supply does free up and as it frees up, it tends to go from a proactive discussion back to more reactionary because it's available, right? And so I do see that coming a little bit. I just, uh, I do see some staying power with some of the better discussions and the planning and clearly the industry won. Those that did that well won. You made an interesting comment as far as just the planning. The other thing that's clear is We've moved from a a time that a free money to very high cost of capital, and that's real. When you look at an organization like ours, or if you're an almond producer, or even a corporation that 
accrues for that spend, that line item is big. I mean, it's uh, it's very significant. So if you're going to act on something that far ahead, the cost to serve that piece is different today than what it was during some of those periods of free money, you know? Yeah, that adds a whole nother dynamic into into this whole planning piece of like the the cost of capital is is not nothing. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. And just adds to the whole. I mean, if you're an almond grower or a service provider, just, you know, the risk. And I don't say this in a negative way because there's so much opportunity still and in almond specifically in Western Ag. But uh, just the risk profile of the value of some of these decisions and operations it's amazing. It's bigger than it ever has been. And uh, that comes with some, you know, some risk, obviously. Well, we, we talked about interest rates. One thing we didn't talk about was inflation. So, you know, how, how does inflation hit the farmer, you know, at the retail level? And and how do we plan for that? Uh, one of many wild variables that we'll see where it goes in the future. I, I wish I would have uh, guessed the uh, just interest rate thing and cost of capital. I mean, we, uh, threw a higher number up, Tim. I didn't get it right. Uh, wish I would have predicted the future there. But fortunately, we got a lot smarter people on the team than myself. But the uh, inflation and just looking at insurance cost, people cost, power, fuel, whatever it is that the last couple of years trying to budget and back into a number that we've never seen inflationary or cost increases. And some of those are starting to fall you know, which is a blessing for all of us. But uh, yeah, that's it's tough to stomach when you saw some things double and triple over, you know, a short window of time, budgets going up 30, 40, 50%. It's like, how is that sustainable? And you got to find a way to operate for the next year and the next year down the road. And so I know we talked a lot about, you know, product and some of that supply chain, but also there's a people element, you know, planning and resourcing in there too. Yeah. You know, well, one thing that I think could go overlooked because because it is a little bit inherent in this conversation is the fact that planning doesn't mean you put together a plan and you're so rigid that, you know, you have to follow that plan. You have to kind of build in that uncertainty and flexibility to adjust to that uncertainty. So can you talk maybe a little bit about the importance of being flexible and, and how do you build flexibility into your planning process? And that's not easy, too, because when you build a plan and you know you're dealing with it could be a small idea or it could be a major capital investment you build a plan and get it in motion it's tough to want to change but i think that's so key to be able to have constant check-ins uh not from diluting why you're doing that because i mean there's some value in being confident and as long as it's the right decision and move forward and execute but there better be some self-assessment and idea assessment along the way to make sure you're making the right decision. Because like I said, the risk profile, the cost, it uh, is real. So I think that's the biggest thing, just to put it together and just be willing to adjust. Yeah, there's there's pride and, and all these things, but uh, any successful person or industry, they've made mistakes along the way. And uh, you know how can you adjust fast enough to make it happen? So well, I understand that you were a part of the Almond Leadership Program. So maybe just talk about your experiences there and uh, how that has helped in your job. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'm honored and, and proud of the fact that to uh, be a part of the 2019 class, Tim. And yeah, working in almonds and Western Ag, 
you think you know a little bit about almonds and and all that and then you get into a well done program like that and i have to give it to the california almond board you know folks like jenny rebecca richard the leadership there it's just you know unbelievable and like i said is truly blessed to be a part of that and to see all the different facets you know that program you know there was an in-class sessions there was you know obviously project focus the fundraising elements we did site visits it was just a really huge commitment not only on the um, almond board of california from a time financial but also the people involved I was highly impressed. And like I said, got to give a shout out to Jenny and Rebecca and the team, Richard, just it's fantastic. And so everybody's got to have a favorite class. And so obviously mine's going to be 2019, but you know, we had folks from the financing side, the banking, Holler Shellers. We had some first class compliance, safety and compliance folks from the industry in that class and, you know, growers, service company and, and manufacturing like ourselves. And yeah, it was just, I can't say enough. It was, it was fantastic. So for you, you know, it's a big time commitment for you too. And I know you've got a lot of other obligations. Uh, what, what made the time commitment worth it on your end? Yeah, you know, obviously there's a component of networking there, but also going into that, my number one goal, you know, just reading the agenda and knowing a little bit behind the scenes of the program was just the marketing and just seeing the Almond Board, how they relate and their approach towards the consumer. Um, the last several years. So for me, it was, yeah, the networking thing and just understanding more about almonds and learning was was core. But the marketing side and the consumer side, I got to see that. It was it was excellent just to see all the different facets of, that goes into it. And uh, for me personally, got to meet some people for the first time. And so the other thing, the fundraising element, the leadership program did, Tim, was, was excellent. And, and for me personally, I got to you know, our project got to meet uh, for the first time a gentleman by the name of Dominic Camial that we had the idea of launching almond beer and partnered with a brewery. That was our project in the leadership program. And uh, we had a good idea, but needed some help. And with the goal in mind of raising money for scholarships along with our class of 2019. And so I mentioned all that one uh, was just a really special moment for me, but you had a lot of people in the room that were meeting each other for the first time that were influencers in the almond industry. And so my guess is the class of 2020 and 21 and just that legacy that continues is is great for the industry and quite honestly, California agriculture. Well, so wait, so you were one of the guys behind the almond beer that I think you could still get it today, right? From from that brewery. Yeah, so it's uh, still pouring really well. That's a story in itself, but uh, I was one of two people that lifted that up. And like I said, Dominic and I met for the first time at one of the first meetings and had a uh, joint idea to try this. So we sat with Tembler Brewing Company in Bakersfield and, and they were gracious enough to help us advance that idea. I mean, they could have said no. And uh, yeah, it's still pouring today. You can get it. And I got to give them a shout out too, because they allowed a couple guys to come in with an idea and help us get it to the finish line. And we thought we had a decent idea, Tim. And But like I said, the, the goal was to, we wanted to build an idea that could raise money for, you know, FFA scholarships. So that was the goal. And then obviously when we got into it, it's like, hey, we may have something and you have to give it to uh, 
to Tembler Brewing. I mean, they were uh, fantastic um, and really helped Dom and I kick it off. So that is awesome. How developed was the idea when you went to the brewery? Yeah, so it was more idea. It was pretty rough idea stages. We had a pretty good idea. It was going to be the actual almond we were going to use, but we could have used other ingredients there too. But yeah, it was it was more of the idea and, and the project. I don't know if you're aware, you know, or you probably are, Tim, but each member of the almond leadership class has to have a project that ties back into almonds and it could be anything. And I mean, we had one class member that wrote a children's book. I mean, just and once again, blows my mind that there's just the quality of people that go through that program. Cool. Well, um, I thanks for letting me indulging me into that little kind of detour there, but kind of to to bring things to a close here. Anything you know, your message to the almond industry related to this whole topic of kind of planning and uncertainty and and where the economic future of the industry might be headed. What would you want your take home message to be to to people in the industry? Yeah. So I I think just um, the more we can think ahead, but also get it right day to day. You know, the the planning thing is interesting. There's a lot of smart people. Data is getting better. We did see the quality of information over the last few years definitely decline. And that puts some pressure on some of the supply chain disruptions because of either not getting information or getting incorrect information, Tim. But I just think the the whole theme of knowing your customer and knowing your value proposition. Um, and if you're a grower, you know, also know where your product's going and who you're partnering with and relying on. And there's an internal component to that, but also an external component. I, I just think it makes us all better when we approach it that way. And in the last several years, like I said, at least for in my opinion, um, it exposed some of those things. And it allowed us, even if you're looking at it from a consumer side, Tim, and whatever you're doing, you step back and sit you know, why am I doing business with those people? And not from a bad thing, just it allowed us all to evaluate some of those things. And so that would be my challenge as far as, you know, the industry is resilient. I think the way almonds are showing up in the market, yes, we have our challenges with irrigation, water, the whole weather patterns, Sigma and these bigger challenges. But quite honestly, we've got a lot of innovators and the uh, Almond Board of California's one of those enablers that's helping get that done. So I'm still very bullish on almonds and the industry. And yeah, there's challenges. And yes, doing business and being heavily driven towards California, doing business here has its challenges, but there are so many opportunities here too, based on our infrastructure and the people that are, are doing it. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you very much to Lucas Schmidt for taking the time to be on the show. That blog post that I referenced earlier in the episode is called Growing Together Summer 2023, and I'll include a link directly to that in the show notes for today's episode. Uh, Lucas's point about getting to know the people who impact your business really resonated with me, and I hope you found some valuable insights for your business as well. We here at the Almond Journey Podcast believe everyone in the almond industry has a story of their own of how they're making things work on their farms or in their jobs. Hearing voices of industry leaders, people like Lucas Schmidt, may spark a connection or an idea that you can use in your own journey. And that's why we want to feature these stories of innovation, resilience, and community here on this podcast. I hope you'll come along for the ride by subscribing to the show on your podcast platform of choice. And please pass it along to someone else in the industry so we can all share in this almond journey together.